0: Welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuiper on KKNW. Greg is a psychotherapist and holistic life coach. His practice is Kuiper Counseling. Through his professional practice and personal experiences, Greg knows that without connection with ourselves, connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. If you would like to connect with Greg, feel free to call into the studio we love it when people call in and have questions. The number is 425-373-5527. I will repeat it again, 425-373-5527. You can also find Greg through his website, which is kypercounseling.com. There you can find out more about Greg. There's a contact form. You can also find past episodes of this podcast, resources, and even a link to his YouTube channel, which is called Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuiper. He has videos of the podcast, and he also has awareness and breathing exercises. So, hello to Greg.
1: Hello, Stacey. Here we are.
0: Here we are. We meet again. Yes. So, um, it is, it's becoming a problem how much I need this on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh God, we're gonna to have to set up a separate session, aren't we? I think we are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I really think we are. I I was telling you uh before we came into the studio, uh today I went in and I see a, a chiropractor who practices uh network chiropractic, which means that uh there's it's either gentle touch or no touch chiropractic mm-hmm. work. And uh she was having me do this exercise. I was feeling really emotional and she had me breathing through different parts of my body, uh, through my spine. Um, and, you know, she said, okay, I'm going to say a bunch of different things and I want you to tell me which one resonates with you. And none of them really resonated. And so I said, you know, really, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm exhausted. And she said, no, you are not. You feel tired you feel there you go exhausted and I was like <laughs> time to see Greg <laughs> because I you know I identify right and sure. and you and I talked about this that so many of us uh we talk about I'm hungry I'm tired I'm mad I'm
1: angry yeah
0: right and that you know then we're sort of uh using this idea that that somehow is our identity versus I'm feeling this way. Right. And that it can change. So it's almost like on on Mondays, I'm I'm just ready. (laughs) I've only made I've made it so long and then I need to talk about this. So now I feel overwhelmed.
1: Okay, there we go.
0: And you didn't
1: say I'm overwhelmed.
0: I see I feel (laughs) overwhelmed and I feel excited about the possibilities of unraveling some of this. Okay. So I'm well, ready to go. Yeah, well,
1: you know, we've been talking about, uh, well, we've headed out on this healing journey, right? Uh-huh. That, that we've decided to go on to, to connect emotionally with ourselves. And, and this journey revolves uh, removing, involves removing all these bandages. And looking at the emotional wounds, right, that we've talked about for a long time, and you know, as we take off on this journey, we're not going to, we're not going to take along armor and weapons, right? We're not going into battle defensively or offensively. We're just, we're what what we're packing along with us is curiosity, mm-hmm. questioning, and wonder, and kind intention. That's what I want to talk
0: about today. Kind I remember intention. last week you talked about. Um What was it? I actually, I wrote this down in my phone as something to totally steal from you.
1: Oh, (laughs) well, we talked a lot about intention last week. Right.
0: Right. And you talked about how intention determines where attention goes. Intention determines. Intention determines where attention goes. Attention goes. Uh Uh-huh. And I thought that was so interesting that I wrote it down and totally, I'm stealing it. (laughs)
1: Okay. You can have it. Thank you. I think I took it from Dr. Dan Siegel. So. Great. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are just upcycling.
2: There
1: you go. It's, so, so intention, right, is, is the way we set our motivation to engage in a certain activity in a certain way. That's, that's Dr. Siegel right there. Yeah. Where we run into trouble is that intention is setting a mental state. And if we are setting our mental state unconsciously, from our programmed personality, the autopilot, we don't see that there's a choice. We're not aware. We are reacting from unconscious intentions, and they determine the experiences that will be created for us. Mm -hmm. Whatever's happening next in our life is, if we're not aware, is being controlled by unconscious intentions. So And and we remember from last week also that author Gary Zukov told us that the world in which we live has been created unconsciously by unconscious intentions.
0: Trying to explain that to my husband, thank you, by the way, took about an hour of our four and a half hour car ride to our lake house. (laughs) So thank you for that. Because he's like, wait, what? Um, And then he got it. Good. You need to participate in the care and keeping of the direction that you want to go.
1: That's it. The intentions, right. That's the vector the vector of where we're headed, right? Is, is our intention. Every intention sets into energy into motion. Whether you're conscious of it or not, we create each moment. Unconsciously or consciously. We do. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when we create every moment of our existence with unconscious attention, there's a whole bunch of negative emotional baggage that we are using to create our existence, our moments, every day. And we also talked about cause and effect and how if every action, thought, and feeling is motivated by an intention, and that intention is a cause that exists as one with an effect right cause and effect you have you don't have one without the other then if we participate in the cause we are certainly participating in the effect so if we're participating in the intention which is the cause we are participating in the effect of that intention sounds profound but it's not really i mean if you think about it it's we're going to get what we put out there right basically as Gary says, it would seem that it would pay for us to become aware of all the intentions that form our experience, figure out which intentions produce which effects, and then to choose the intentions based on the effects we would like to have. Well, thanks, Gary. I mean, that's great, but it's not that easy.
0: <laughs> right. Like, Gare an I, you know, I'm going with Gare now because I feel like, okay. you know. Okay, like, <laughs> you know him Yeah, now. right. I mean, Gare is a complicated guy because he likes to take these simple ideas, right? You know, if you're part of one thing, then you're going to be part of the other um, and make it seem very complicated and then turn around and be like, but no, it's really (laughs) very simple. And I I have a little bit of whiplash with Gary. Um, I mean, I get it. I get what he's going with. uh, But it's not that easy.
1: No, it's not. I mean, when did
0: we ever do anything that's good for us, Greg?
1: Well without awareness we probably never do right once again it comes down to awareness because with awareness comes choice and then we can use our decision making capabilities to focus our attention attention on conscious intention with practice and awareness our attitudes will start to reflect our conscious decisions and as gary says eventually the deepest decision-making processes with you become aligned with what you choose consciously, just as they are aligned before you choose awareness with what you choose unconsciously. So so basically he's just saying there that if we practice and bring this into awareness, the conscious intentions are going to become our automatic pilot. Right. Right, rather than the unconscious
0: intentions. We're, we're doing the ways thing.
1: Right. Right. We shift to conscious intention, and on our journey, that conscious intention is is turned to healing these emotional wounds that we talked about. So what we want to do is bring consciousness of our true self into the intention-setting process instead of our unconscious personality, and then we create a reality reflecting that true self rather than the autopilot. So there's what we talked about last week.
0: Okay. So for for the translating thing, so <laughs> when I think about bringing consciousness of our true self into the intention-setting process, so if I use myself as an example, mm-hmm. where I notice that the uh, the trigger points when we talk about illusions and whatever, for me, I notice that if I feel I'm being dismissed mm-hmm. um, when I'm trying to articulate an idea or whatever it is, and I'm hurried along or I'm it's dismissed or uh, pushed aside, that is a trigger point for me. Right. So therefore, probably my true self, my young self, had a lot to say. I know this is shocking to anybody <laughs> that knows anything <laughs> about me. Um, however, I was probably shut down a lot, right? You weren't so, I was not I wasn't heard. So right. when I think about then the intention-setting process, I want to do that with an awareness of then that true self. Right. Okay. Right.
1: The awareness of that part of you that never got heard, right? And bring that part out so that it can't be heard. Because there's
0: no point in setting an intention with this sort of autopilot self because that's not really going to do anything.
1: It's not going to do anything. Okay. That's what we've been doing. Right. How's it going, right? Yeah, it's not going so
0: well. <laughs> um, I watched Airplane last night and the- Again? <laughs> uh, yes. And Autopilot, uh, it's Autopilot, and he yeah. has his own page on IMDb. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, okay. Should we take a break? And then when we come back, we can kind of go from where we left off. Keep listening to At The Root with Greg Kuiper. Remember, you can find him at KuiperCounseling.com. We'll be right back. Sometimes psychotherapy is not enough to get to the root of our illusions. Hypnotherapy with licensed practitioner Annette Kuiper of Solid Insight can help. With hypnotherapy, it's possible to tap into what's beneath our layers of protection and resolve the illusions that stop us from accomplishing what we want. Hypnotherapy is a safe state of relaxed calm coupled with elevated mental awareness that allows for a deeper dive into our subconscious. Led by Annette, it's about understanding and loving ourselves and creating a deeper connection with others. Learn more about Annette at SolidInsightNow.com.
2: Looking to reconnect with your partner, spouse, kids, or self? When the disconnect seemingly has been there for a lifetime and is impacting your relationships, it's difficult to determine how and where to start. But At The Root with Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling is the perfect first step. Throughout each episode, Greg talks about establishing emotional connection with ourselves and others. He offers experience, advice, explanation, and resources to listeners. You can find past episodes on his website, kypercounseling.com, or through his YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuyper. Hey, are you missing listening to this show is all about you with me, JDK Winnekin? Well, you don't have to. You can still listen to Greg Kuyper's show, At The Root, and my show. It's a win-win in every way because you can download my show and his at Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Don't miss a minute of either show and listen to them on your own schedule. So be aware out there that you can listen to both of us still. And isn't that comforting? Organic, free-range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150.
0: Welcome back to At The Root with Greg Kuiper. You have been listening to us catch up from last week's episode, talking about intentions and being aware and making sure that we set intentions from the perspective or point of view or in deference of our true self versus our autopilot self. There we go. Oof. I've so been
1: learning. We're, yeah, yeah. So we're creating our reality reflecting our true self, right? Because we're creating every moment rather than the autopilot personality, which has been, you know, creating our reality for quite some time if we haven't been aware. And we... You know, finding consciousness of our true self uh, helps us become the focus of making our intentions. For many of us, we still have our true self, right, barricaded in that back room. But as our newfound awareness grows, we are able to stand before the door to that room with intention. We have created an intention in awareness, and this will also influence what will become intention out of awareness. Interestingly enough, with this, with practice, this awareness, as Dr. Siegel says, creates a state of mind that can be present without our conscious effort. This is how a repeated, purposefully created state of mind during a practice becomes an automatic trait in our lives. When that state, that intention, is one of kindness and compassion, that trait becomes one of connection. So here we are with connection, and and if we can just create an intent of kindness and compassion, that moves us into developing a trait. A trait is something that just happens,
0: mm-hmm. right? Well, I'm thinking about this in terms of... Uh Dare I say it, not to be punny, but something that can take root, you know, like Mm. the whole your whole premise, this whole show is about, you know, what is at the root and, you know, that we're grounded in this true self. And and so creating an intention uh, that is coming from kindness and compassion. When I think about gardening, right, Mm -hmm. that you need to tend to it, you need to take care of it so that it takes root. And it can be sustainable, and it can grow mm-hmm. into something that can then really function, and it doesn't need you as much. It can then start to pull on the other resources it has available. Right. So, right. look at you. You must have known that when we came up with the concept for the show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just as so so just as our unconscious state of mind, right? Because. That unconscious state of mind can be like shame and low self-worth, right? And that's created, we've created that with the practice, practice of emotional wounding. Thus, this has become an automatic trait. So, So we can also create an automatic trait of connection using kindness and compassion as a practice. So what does this mean? Developing a trait of connection with kindness and compassion. Sounds good. If we refer to connection as to how energy and information flow between our bodily selves and others, then we are saying that the interaction is one of emotions and thoughts being exchanged. As emotion is flowing energy mm-hmm. and thoughts consist of information and emotion. So the The energy and information is flowing between you and I right now, or Mm -hmm. between connection with, with with other people. Connection is simply energy and information sharing. We are all deeply connected with the energy of others. And by others, I don't just mean humans, right? We are connected with all the energy of the planet and our physical existence. Plants, animals, the earth our natural world all vibrates with energy that is interconnecting and relational. I mean, if, if, if all these things are vibrating at a certain frequency, we are connecting to that energy mm-hmm. altogether. Whether we are aware of them or not, these relational connections exist. Many of us live in the illusion that we are separate. This illusion has been created by developing all these protections and defenses for our relational trauma and emotional wounding. And as with all illusions, this one is also false, existing in our unconscious realm of programming. It can be easy to construct a solo self, isolated from the world that has harmed us and taught us through our interactions with caregivers, teachers, peers, society, Mm -hmm. that the general accepted view is one of an isolated self, separate from the
0: world. So this is making me think of, and I was looking this up while you were talking, um, John Muir is quoted with saying, although it not what he said. Uh, When one tugs at a single thing in nature, he finds it is attached to the rest of the world. Actually, the correct quote is that when we try to pick out anything by itself, we find it hitched to everything else in the universe.
1: There you go. Because it's all energy. Mm -hmm. We're all energy. Yeah. Photons and electrons and whatever. Molecules moving together, right? Vibrating.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Because we so, as we bring um, these connections into awareness, whatever they are, as that has become our conscious intent, we are confronted with how low the energy is around them for us, right? So, so we're talking about the connections when we're an isolated self. Mm-hmm right? And these connections exist uh, with low energy, right? Resentment, anger, Mm -hmm. fear, Mm -hmm. jealousy, guilt, guilt, shame. All of these states of mind vibrate at extremely low frequencies of energy, way down there. That's one of the reasons we've learned to isolate, right? To avoid this downer energy, there are emotions that vibrate with a much higher energy. Our true selves, our inner child, started out long ago vibrating with those energies. For many of us, as, as we connected with others sharing the beauty and power and vulnerability of those energies, and we're giving that, and the recipro- the yeah, reciprocation wasn't there. It wasn't coming back. Mm-hmm. We received, in return, energies of low vibration. And over time, especially as young children, we learned our wonderful, blissful existence of high vibration was not accepted. And we lowered our frequency. Not by choice. Because we don't know choice yet. A child's brainwaves they uh, did some interesting studies on this, measuring uh, brain waves. A child's brain waves from the age ages of zero to three are only capable of emotion. That's all there is, emotion. The brain has not developed any farther than that from those in those ages. But that's what they've got to begin with: bodily sensations reflected as emotions. Roughly three years. Interesting from 4 to 6 the brain waves increase in frequency but only enough to provide imagination and that is their existence during that time emotions and imagination
0: it's a good time
1: yeah i don't remember it but
0: <laughs> i kind of do actually do yeah
1: from 6 to 12 now mm. the frequency increases and as a sense You know, a sense of self and the real world starts to develop very slowly. Reasoning and choice start to come on board, but it's a slow process. So generally, this reasoning and choice coming on board happens around eight or nine. But it takes years to develop. So, look, if you're attempting to get your five or six-year-old to learn about good choices, good luck.
0: Right, that ship has sailed.
1: Well, you're doing more harm than good, I'm telling you. They don't know. So in those years from zero to eight or nine, we live, all of us lived, kids live in a world of raw emotion and a fantasy land of imagination. We are so impressionable, especially when it comes to emotional feedback, right? What does that feedback consist of? Connection or isolation? That's what we're getting back. One of the two. for a mixture, I suppose.
0: Well, and, you know, again, I use myself as an example really mostly out of kidding and also because I think people can relate to it. You know, if that piece of you that felt like you were unseen or unheard or you had things to share or, um, you know, whatever it is. And, I mean, my parents are... They were loving people like we Mm -hmm. were it was a good upbringing. There was on paper there is nothing that would suggest that there was any upset. And yet because I was probably highly sensitive and attuned to things and had thoughts and ideas that were probably more unique and they didn't listen to it. And so then they didn't mean to create that feeling of isolation. Right they just didn't know how to create connection.
1: That's right. It happens a lot. I'm sure there are lots of listeners right now going, "Oh yeah, that's me."
0: Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. it's it's not it doesn't always look like that traumatic situation. No, I mean, no. there are those kids that are the product of divorce or if your family mm-hmm. was, uh, you didn't have mom and dad or you didn't mm-hmm. have either or, you know, there was, it was acrimonious or whatever. Absolutely, there's that. Right. And there's also those that, again, on paper, it doesn't add up that you would have this kind of trauma and yet you do.
1: You do. So, that you know, Philosophy and wisdom traditions, right, from way back when, as well as religions throughout time, all through our world throughout time, have considered compassion to be one of the highest values that inspires well-being. Dr. Siegel defines compassion as the way we sense the suffering of another Imagine ways of decreasing that suffering, and then make attempts to help another reduce their suffering. So it's perception of the suffering, imagination, trying to help them, or imagining ways to decrease that suffering, and action, making attempts to help reduce their suffering. That's what compassion entails. Wow. Seeing suffering in another person generally requires empathy, right? I mean, empathy has been loosely defined as, you know, being able to put yourself in another's shoes. There's a lot more to it than that. Essentially, it has several aspects. And one of these aspects is empathic concern. Caring about the well-being of others. Being able to sense and care about what is going on for them. This concern points us in the direction and inspires us to a compassionate feeling, right? We have a concern, and then we can move towards that compassion. The empathy that enables us to tune into others allows most of us to realize the possibility of compassion. Sensing the suffering of another, imagining ways to decrease that suffering, and making attempts to help reduce that suffering. The Dalai Lama tells us that compassion is really more in the form of a potential. For example, a basic capacity for awareness exists, but we have to cultivate it and improve it through developing knowledge and education. Developing knowledge and education. Sounds like training, right? Yeah. So we're talking about compassion training.
0: This makes sense, though, with what we're talking about with awareness. We're also trying to do awareness training or retraining, right? right.
1: Yeah. And, and and in order to move through compassion training, we have to have awareness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is compassion training. This is creating a state of mind and intention that shows a caring motivation. And we can do this, create the state of mind, we can do it with kindness. Love that word. If we make our intention one of having or showing a friendly, generous, and considerate nature, kindness. If we make our intention one of having or showing a friendly, generous, and considerate nature. Dr. Siegel defines kindness as how we honor and support one another's vulnerability. Kindness in this way involves respecting the risks and wounds that arise with unfulfilled needs,
0: with being vulnerable. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. So... All of this is totally resonating with me. I tend to uh, collect people. I think I am empathic. I have a lot of compassion to the point where maybe I don't have great boundaries. So first Mm -hmm. of all, there's that. Second of all, isn't it interesting that all of these things that Dr. Siegel is talking about, you're talking about, it's so much easier to do that for someone else than it is for us to do with that true self that you're mm-hmm. talking about. And that, you know, I can I can find somebody on the street and be like, oh my gosh, you poor thing. Mm-hmm. And and imagine what could potentially help them and, you know, really get a sense of like have the desire to and all of those things. And yet when it comes to myself and doing that for myself, mm-hmm. Like, suck it up, buttercup.
1: Well, and, and, and that's where we're kind of headed right now. Look you at me. always do this. I-
0: <laughs> hey, I mean, it means that you're going in the right direction. Okay.
1: Now think about it we're honoring and supporting somebody else's vulnerability. We talked so much about that in, in our relationship counseling. We talked about vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Kindness in this way involves respecting. The risks and wounds, and I'm talking emotional wounds here, respecting that arise with unfulfilled needs, with being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So kindness respects.
0: And if you want to know more about that, and you talked about that in relation to Steve and Charlotte, yep. so listen to past episodes and, and you can hear uh, more about what Greg is talking about with respect to that.
1: Yeah. So it's clear, I think, to everybody, that children between the ages of zero and eight or so are emotionally vulnerable. That's pretty much all they've got is emotions and imagination, remember? hmm If these kids are not shown the respect of honoring and supporting their vulnerabilities with kind intent, when and how do they gain an understanding of compassion? Good question.
2: Really it
1: seems question. that it'd be a lot more effective to do this compassion training at the very young age by using kind intent like we're talking about, rather than facing that barricaded door to compassion hold up in that back room later in life. <laughs> Trying what? To figure out Are you compassion. talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at you.
2: Sorry.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, the kids aren't able to make that choice. They don't know how yet. So, So it's up to us. To respect those vulnerabilities. As we go through our compassion training, we learn to create and live an intention of kindness, having and showing a friendly, generous, and considerate nature in our interaction with others. This kind intent allows us to find the compassion that is part of all of us. It's it's there. I've alluded that for some of us, all our compassion is locked up, right? Protected from vulnerability in that room. Mm-hmm. Those places we bottle up all our vulnerabilities and emotions aren't big enough, right? For all of the love and compassion. They just aren't. So, so we've still got some, even though we locked a lot of it away. So every now and then, even for the most stoic among us, out of nowhere, compassion slaps us. not That's not the right word. Compassion sneaks up on us and kindness, and they come in for a reminder. You know, I'm thinking of those TV commercials uh-huh. for the Humane Society, right, with the dogs. the dogs with and, the, oh dogs my and gosh. The, yeah.
0: the singer that I can't think of what her name is right now, but yes.
1: Tell me that you don't get a choke or a little bit of a tear, everybody. I mean, it's there. My wife makes me turn it off.
0: Well, because it's it's she can't handle it works. that much compassion at yes. once at once. And I mean it works and it's like, you know, for pennies a day you can do this and you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to kill all of these dogs myself like by accident because I'm shutting it off.
1: But there's compassion for others right there, right? And of course they're playing right into that, but that's the idea. Nailed it. We become aware of and practice, kind intent. So our intentions that we form every day are done with kindness and respect. Even for that guy that you cut off in traffic, right? You don't have any idea what kind of day he's having. Kind intent, fostering compassion. And as we stand in front of that barricaded door, right, with our kind intention, we have this kind intent for ourselves and what we will find as we open this door. That kind intent will bring us the compassion and strength for the transformation ahead. We grant ourselves grace that is always and forever at the ready. We grant ourselves grace, as always and forever. At the ready. Compassion and love are two of the transformers of consciousness and intent. And I, there's another one we're going to talk about next week. Uh, forgiveness, another oh. yeah, transformer of. Consciousness and intent.
0: That's, um, it's powerful, man. I'm like, oof, taking notes. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, let's so take a break. Let's take a break. And then when we come back, I believe that we had somebody that uh, had an inquiry. And so I will share that with you. Yes. Good. And we'll talk about that. So keep listening to At The Root with Greg Kuiper. We'll be right back.
2: Too many relationships are adversely affected by wounds from our past. Lack of connection, unhappiness, shame and regret are just some of the fallouts we experience when we choose to avoid addressing those wounds. Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling is a psychotherapist committed to reestablishing connection with self to create greater connection with others. His work with teens, individuals, couples, and those struggling with substance use. If you struggle with old wounds or unhealthy narratives, get to the root of them in yourself by contacting Greg Kuiper at kuipercounseling.com. That's kuipercounseling.com.
0: Whether it's fly fishing or French pastry, we all have something that makes our tail wag. Involuntary and instinctive, it's sparked by excitement, inspired by purpose, and it speaks to who we are. I'm Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects. I lead clients to the place that makes their tail wag. As a creative director, I bring ideas to life. As a podcast producer, I give ideas a voice. Stacy Connects. It's my superpower. If you want to connect with me, Stacy Heller, go to stacyconnects.com. Asking questions is better than making assumptions, such as the premise of my show, Stacey Connects, a show about making connections through conversation. I welcome a diverse assortment of guests to chat about topics and ideas that are sometimes educational, sometimes inspirational, a little personal, and always entertaining. Every week, I draw out and befriend the elephant in the room so listeners can connect with the unexpected. Listen live Tuesdays from 3 to 4 on Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW.
2: On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you.
0: Welcome back to At The Root with Greg Kuyper. A reminder that if you want to listen to past episodes of this show, you can find them in a multitude of places. You can find them at KuyperCounseling.com. You can find them really wherever you listen to podcasts. You can even go to the KKNW website under podcast. You will find it. There, so I mentioned that uh, there was a question that came in, and I'm changing the names to protect the innocent. Okay. So we have um, we've got uh, Fred and Ethel, and Fred interestingly, and Ethel.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> interestingly, it's Fred that wrote in. So here's here's what it says: Dear Mr. Kuiper, I have a question after listening to the podcast. Um, uh, of the April 25th show, which was last week's show. It was called Intentions as Vectors. My wife and I have been married for six years, but we've known each other since high school. So including high school, we dated for 12 years before getting married. You might say we know each other pretty well, or at least I thought we did. Over the last year, Ethel has been getting more distant in the way she interacts with me. She's closed off much of the time, and when I ask her About it, she gets defensive and acts like there's nothing wrong. I recall you talked about being on the same page with intentions, and it seems to me like we're not on the same page. We've talked about having children, but it doesn't seem like we're on the same page there either. So what can you share with me that might help? Sincerely, Fred. And he did add a P.S. I really like your show.
1: Oh, well, thank you,
0: Fred. Yeah, I mean, Fred. That's great. Favorite new listener. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, being on the same page. Uh,
0: Stop hanging out with Lucy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: And now I'll let the professional take over. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs>
1: That's it. That's the advice. No, we don't give advice here. We help you try to figure it out. Yes. You know, and, and being on the same page, as we often call it, is, is basically – the sharing of intentions, right? I mean, we're sharing intentions with each other and being on the same page with those intentions. I often find uh, couples not on the same page. And many times they know it, sometimes they don't. Sounds like you guys have known each other for a long time. And I bet each of your intentions for the relationship has changed.
0: Especially starting so young. Yeah, right. right. I mean, high school, it's like I intend to just make it through calculus. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, but, you know, kidding aside, right? Like, and getting into each stage, um, age and stage of their relationship.
1: Yeah, you know, you start being someone's best friend or dating at 15. Right. And you're 30-something and married. um, Individually, you have changed a lot, as well as the couple, right? So so there's no way that you—the intentions have had to change over time, evolved, if you will, right? Sometimes, I think, sometimes when we get so used to each other, our busy lives, and then, the, yeah, take precedence over what we have together, mm-hmm. right, jobs— We can lose track of how our partner has grown, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. We can lose track. And if we're still operating in that same paradigm, Fred, that we did way back when, we're not going to be on the same page. I mean, it's it's not going to happen. As we differentiate more and grow together, it becomes harder and harder to keep connecting. So we may not be sure we even know the person we once did. I I hear that mentioned a lot. I don't know her anymore. Right. If we keep to ourselves and just let it ride, there are going to be more and more and more and more instances that are, you know, of disconnection and not being on the same page. And it really becomes a matter of of learning what the updated intents of each of you are. Right? Basically, what are your needs and desires? And both of you looking at what choices you are making to get those needs met. And I think even more importantly, right, is that what choices each of you are making that are preventing you from getting those needs met. And that's that unconsciousness Mm -hmm. that we live with. Through gaining this understanding of each other, you will be able to reestablish or establish an updated intent. For your relationship, right? Finding that same page to be on. I'd very much, you know, recommend that you get some couples counseling. It will help. A trained professional can certainly help guide you in discovering what's happening new in your intentions, and we have to be on the same page. Um, it helps Finding that true meaning of our relationship, right? The, the exis, existential piece. Right. Why are we in this together? What is our purpose? What is our meaning? And we have to be on the same page. Doesn't mean we have to be identical.
0: Yeah, I have thoughts on this.
1: Well, integration, right? This is called integration. We want to be integrate the two, the two people, the two processes, the two thoughts. And integrating means, first of all, we um, we differentiate the two, right? Because they're different. Each mm-hmm. of us is different. So, learning the differences, right? And mm-hmm. in this case, Fred, um, you guys may not know who each other are right now. You've just been you've been cruising along for all these years, but you're different, and being able to learn what those differences are, and respect them in the other person. Maybe they're not, you know, something you do or be or whatever, but, but you respect it for what it is. And then you bring, you link those two people together with that common understanding of what the differences are, mm-hmm. right? And that's integration, and that's connection.
0: Yeah, I mean, so a couple things. One, you know, recommending the couple's counseling. I'm no professional. However, Fred talking about how when he talks to Ethel about this stuff that uh, she gets defensive. And so that is just perfect mixture for miscommunication and hurt feelings and whatever. And so just having somebody help navigate that communication is so helpful. I mean, you've shown that with Steve and Charlotte, and, you know, you've demonstrated how important that can be. Sure. The other thing um, that I feel like I want to clarify for people that are listening is when you're talking about intention, you're not talking about, like, when a couple comes together and they're talking about their... Um, their beliefs, their core goals in terms of, you know, I believe that we shouldn't spank the kids and I believe mm. in allowance and I don't believe in, you know, it's not those things. And the intention piece, it's so important that it's the, and you're trying to talk about this, this individual intentions that you can have separate intentions and still have the same goals for a life together and still be the same person with the same moral code, with the same general beliefs. Things, however, change and evolve, right? Um, You know, I think about it with my own situation. I got married very young. I had got engaged at 21, and my husband is seven years older, and I, in a very rare moment of wisdom, said uh, when we talked about getting married— You know, he said, you're young. Like, don't you want to go and live in the city and eat ramen? And I'm like, that sounds hideous. Um, (laughs) You know, no, I don't want to do that. And I said, if you're okay with me growing up within our marriage, then I'm okay with getting married young. Because I can't imagine finding somebody that aligns with so many of the core values and things that I want. And however my intention has changed over the years and who i've become and how i've gotten there and trying to regularly communicate about that
1: yeah but think of what that took you were you were both on the same page back well, then because you talked about it right think about it if you would have if you wouldn't even have brought that up you just got married you're 21 he's 28 whatever no discussion was ever brought up about that and and intentions we're not jiving at all i mean so all it took was that connection at the beginning that little awareness to
0: right well and and that's i guess what i'm saying is that people i think confuse intention with you know what your your kind of your core beliefs of your family or your unit needs mm. In terms of, you know, life goals, like I want to live in a house and have 2.5 children and have a dog and those (laughs) kinds of things. And the thing is, Fred, I'm no professional. However, probably Ethel hasn't changed from that person that you knew in terms of who she is at her core, her true self, right? Mm, It's just that maybe it's just that she's exploring more because... With new experiences, you create new potential pathways, and you think in a different way.
1: Well, and then that becomes scary for the other partner, Can right? But it goes both ways, but it can become scary because um, we can go into that, that uh, is it my fault, what's going on, that go into a shame piece of uh, we're growing apart, we're growing apart, and actually you're just not. Connecting so that you can have the common intent.
0: Well, and you could expand. Dare I say it, if suddenly uh, Fred has a love of um, string cheese and (laughs) Ethel is now becoming a big fan of pho, then if she brings Fred in and says, hey, this is this new thing that I love. Let me show it to you. And Fred does the same. Then really, it can be expansive.
1: Very much so. But that's way different than eating the string cheese in your car, right? Right. Or, you know, I'm exaggerating here. Right. You know well, I mean. clearly I'm keeping exaggerating it, too. Keeping it, uh, keeping it separate.
0: But sharing it is something that, you know, even though it's Fred's favorite food or it's, mm-hmm. you know, Ethel's favorite food, being expansive and sharing, communicating mm-hmm. those intentions and those things that you like and those things uh, – that can just make things that much more exciting and it keeps it new all the time.
1: Yes. And that's what's fresh about it, right? You know, I, you you mentioned something earlier that triggered a thought. I, I have a, a couple I'm seeing and I've learned separately, you know, I meet, meet with them individually for a time or two also. Mm-hmm. And I learned separately that that he likes a little more firmness with the kids. You know, some structure, some discipline. Okay. No, not necessarily spanking or anything right. like that. But he grew up with that structure, and he believes that, the, you know, that structure is needed. And she, on the other hand, is just, as I talk to her, she uh, she is open. Okay not a big disciplined person, Uh, more loving kindness, uh, almost being a friend type thing, right? And uh, there can be extremes either way, but, but so I'm learning this separately from each of them. She is this way, he is this way. But there's never been this conversation between them, I guess, or if it has been, it's been a fight, so they've stopped talking about it. And so where is the... Combined intent here, whereas the being on the same page. Right. There's got to be some compromise in there somewhere. Or let's try this. Let's try this. We can do this, right? Rather than you always let them run over you, or you're too strict. Right. No. Let's try this together. Let's do this. See what happens. Anyway.
0: Interesting. It's so yeah. interesting. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, well, and, and especially with the parenting piece, you know, the very thing that people create together, uh, can tear them apart if there's no communication.
1: Absolutely. I mean,
0: I mean, kids are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oops. Did I say that out loud? No, (laughs) we can strike that. Kids are the best. (laughs) Um, and I and I love that because it goes back to the thing that I mentioned at the top of the episode. You know, I feel like
2: mm-hmm. and
0: using the feeling thing and that it doesn't mean that she has no control. It doesn't mean that he is too strict. It, you know, it's how but you if, feel about in it. In that
1: conversation, it would be, I feel like they're, um, whatever, I feel like there's too much noise there's too much confusion mm-hmm. i get agitated right so so then the other partner her in this case would know what's going on oh, oh I, and yes. would
0: know that it's related to probably his right. upbringing and with right. this and a then good they thing talk or a bad about bad thing it,
1: right? they talk about it Ugh, the and,
0: vulnerability
1: yeah and and vice versa in that kind of a situation so Interesting.
0: Interesting. Okay. Well, always interesting. We love to hear from people. As Greg says, really, this isn't an advice show. It is a conversational show about connection. And so if you want to connect with Greg, you can do so through his website, kypercounseling.com. There's a contact me page. You can also feel free to call into the show. We would love to hear from you. The number to do that is 425-373-5527. And uh, you can also watch Greg's YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuiper. Greg, how are you going to send us out this time?
1: Well, everyone, let's just stay aware out there. See you next week.